Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, hello again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. Welcome to Hour 2 of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. I encourage you to uh, get Hour 1 if you missed it. Uh, it'll be posted as a podcast. You can subscribe to Mornings with Carmen wherever you get your podcast, or you can download the Faith Radio app, and it'll be available right there as well. I want to lift up a uh, hashtag pray the news concern this morning. Let's be praying today for a Wall Street Journal reporter who has been detained in Russia and is being accused of espionage. The Wall Street Journal um, absolutely denies that these um, charges against their reporter um, have any you know, basis in truth. But the Russian authorities said on Thursday, that'd be today, that they have detained, that means, you know, <clears throat> detention is, uh, this is a ni- really nice word for a very bad thing, an American journalist, his name is Evan Gerskovich. He's a Wall Street Journal correspondent based in Moscow, um, and he has been accused of espionage. The uh, The Federal Security Service, which is known by the Russian acronym FSB, um, the FSB is the successor agency to the Soviet-era KGB, for those of you familiar with that. The, so the FSB said in a statement about um, this Wall Street Journal reporter that, quote, on the instructions of the United States, he was collecting information about one of the enterprises of the Russian military industrial complex, which constitutes a state secret. So let's be praying um, for this young man. Let's be praying for his family and those who love him best in the world. Let's be praying for his colleagues. Um, and let's be, um, you know, seeking the freedom of the press everywhere. Um, Speaker M- McCarthy is set to meet with Taiwan's president in California, and China has said um, they don't approve of that, and uh, they intend to retaliate. So, um, you know, things are tense, um, and this visit from this visit to California by the Taiwanese president next week is um, is probably only going to um, increase those tensions. And so we, we want to um, you know, be praying in advance of that. China says that it is going to see, be seen as a provocation that harms China's sovereignty. And so um, the status of Taiwan is, as you know, among the most sensitive issues in the U.S.-China relations. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, let's <clears throat> be keeping our prayers flowing on that front as well. I want to take one minute here to talk about the use of scripture in public debate. Um, and um, how different people are going to respond when you just quote scripture. So you know me, I want you to be in the word of God, that the word of God would be in you and that it would flow out through you into the world that God so loves, particularly when you get squeezed by the world. So what comes out of us matters. And what comes out of us, you know, hopefully is the grace and truth of God. Uh, So 
if you're saturating your life in the Word of God, then when you see something, particularly on social media, you might be tempted to respond with a verse of Scripture. But not everybody in the world reads that the same way or receives that the same way, for sure. So here's what happened. The Trans Radical Activist Network is calling for a, quote, day of vengeance this coming Saturday, April the 1st. Um, And they have called for it um, on all kinds of social media platforms, including Twitter. In response, um, a fairly high-profile journalist simply posted a verse of scripture, Romans 12, 19, discouraging vengeance, discouraging vengeance. Um, And that person is the one who was deplatformed. So in Romans 12, 19, the Apostle Paul is exhorting Christians to restrain from taking personal vengeance. Quote, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Twitter reprimanded that person who posted a verse of scripture um, and and did not did not suspend nor deplatform the trans radical activist network that was issuing a specific call for a day of vengeance. So something about that just doesn't seem right to me. <clears throat> I wonder if something about that doesn't seem right to you as well. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Michael Watson is joining us now from Calvin University and the Civic Hospitality Project. Micah, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for having me, Carmen. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what is the Civic Hospitality Project and why do we need it? Well, the Civic Hospitality Project uh, is an initiative by two institutes here at Calvin University. Um, and it is in response to uh, it, the rising polarization that we all see and feel uh, in our country. Um, it's an attempt to create some curriculum for high school students to practice uh, Christian hospitality. Um, we think, you know, God calls us to love our neighbors. And part of that, living in a, uh, a pluralistic society where not everyone believes what we do, means figuring out how to talk well about our convictions, holding to our convictions, but doing so in a way that uh, is respectful um, and and doesn't uh, either hit people over the head with our Bibles or leave our Bibles inside as if they're pre- purely private. So it's really an attempt to, to help us, equip us, uh, speak well about things that matter in common in politics uh, and our faith, uh, given that not all of our neighbors share our convictions. So I really um, appreciate that there's a an interest here in, you know, sort of reaching down into, um, into high school and, and even down into, um, primary education. We're talking here, um, at some level about the, the restoration of civics education. We're also talking here, um, about the restoration of, of hospitality, like how we, um, how we set a table for conversation and how we remain in that conversation, without uh, growing hostile. So this is this is a, a heart conversation about like how I am um, present with another person as they are speaking, <clears throat> as they are sharing, and um, how how we move together 
in genuine civic conversation. So can you unpack a few of those words for us? What do you mean by civics or, um, or civic education even? And then wh- what do we mean by hospitality? Yeah, that's great. So we think about civics as a word that refers to the, the shared space that we have um, as, as a country, uh, as a state, that, that Christians and non-Christians alike have a common interest in certain things working politically. Um, and we know even, you know, in Paul's letters, he's writing to believers who aren't living in, a, in Christian cities. They're living in a pluralistic society, um, and we find ourselves similarly situated. So the, the civic realm is, is the public square. Um, it's where we enter in and we can share our concerns and we listen to others sharing their concerns. And ultimately, we um, in inform our representatives, try and make decisions about the public good, about things that matter to all of us. Um, When it comes to hospitality, we can think of that first theologically, uh, that God in his gracious sovereignty makes room for us. Uh, He coming to, to, to earth as, you know, in Jesus so that we can someday live forever with him. Um, he makes room for us. And so we also believe we're called to extend hospitality by making room for others. Um, you know, for historically, tolerance was a word that you'd often hear that we need to learn to have tolerance for each other or to tolerate each other. And I don't want to dismiss that entirely um, compared to, you know, all out uh, polarization or war tolerance is, is, is good. But you know, we don't really think of tolerance as a um, a really high bar. If I say to my wife, you know, I'm going to tolerate you today, honey, um, that's not going to win me a lot of points. So as Christians, we think we should be called to a, a higher calling. Um, and that's where we think hospitality comes in. We want to do more than just tolerate each other. We want to make room for each other while still, again, holding to our convictions, but entering into those conversations, as you said, um, that can be genuine, that aren't going to be easy, um, but can be fruitful in figuring out how we can live well together. Yeah, you bring to mind um, for me there, Romans chapter 12, those verses where, you know, Paul's like, love each other with genuine affection. I mean, he doesn't just, he doesn't say like, just tolerate the presence of another person. Um, there's like this take delight in honoring each other. I mean, don't be lazy, like work hard at this, serve the Lord with enthusiasm. There's a, um, there's a leaning in that's necessary here. It's, it, this is not gonna, this is not gonna work just by Christians receding further to the sidelines and, um, and failing to be proactive. Like you're, you're really calling us forward to lean into this. That's right. I mean, we can think about it. Um, you can go. You can go two different directions. You can you can lean into it in a way that's really unhealthy, um, that can really be off-putting, and and you can also withdraw. and And I think both of those are are should really should not be the options we have on the table. You mentioned uh, Romans. Um, I think of uh, Peter in, in his first letters tells us to set apart uh, Christ as Lord in our hearts and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us for the reason for the hope that we have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so if Peter calls us to do that in, in sharing about our faith. It seems like a pretty good recipe for anything that we might be uh, sharing or talking about with our neighbors, that the truth matters. Christ is first in our hearts. We're prepared with answers and reason. Um, but we do this with gentleness and respect. So I, I think that's exactly right. It's in between uh, the mistake of withdrawing to our little silos and just curating our social media feed to back up what we already believe, and then going in as if we're going to take over uh, the entire country or or think that uh, people who have differences from us don't need to be treated with gentleness or respect. That's so good. We're talking with uh, Micah Watson. Um, he serves at Calvin University. We're talking today about the Civic Hospitality Project. Um, you can um, you can 
Connect with it at civichospitality.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. More with Dr. Watson in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his Michael Watson is with us today. You can find what we're talking about at civichospitality.com. Those of you um, who love C.S. Lewis, one of the um, one of the passions uh, that Micah has explored is the political thought of C.S. Lewis. Um, he is a guy who is interested in the intersections of political philosophy and thought and religion and literature and ethics and public policy. So he's our kind of guy, and we're talking with him today about um, what what it might look like for us to have a restoration, um, not just of like a civics curriculum, but of actually moving into intentionally um, creating spaces and conversations where we can um, we can talk with others with whom we disagree and really cultivate this desire to extend Christian civic hospitality um, to others. So, Dr. Watson, um, maybe lay out the challenge to, you know, to those who, frankly, are still engaged in very unconstructive and ungracious criticism of other people. Like, wh- why, why is that not a winning strategy if we want to be the winsome people of God? Well, yeah, um, what well- Political scientists have a have a way of, of even measuring how angry and upset we are with each other. Uh, we can kind of look at different things, and and they've described a rise of what they call affective polarization. Affective really means how we feel about things. Um, it's a mistake to think that that this is new. In one respect, uh, we we can remember that you know a um, a sitting vice president once shot and killed uh, the first treasury secretary, and they later made a play about it. Uh, so the the idea of people being really upset with each other goes way back in our country's history. At the same time, things have gotten more tense, and we feel that, and we can also see it. Um, it's gone from, you know, I disagree with you about politics to I can't imagine being at the same table as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't I can't believe you you believe this or that you side with this person or candidate. Uh, and so as, as Christians, you know, God is in the business of reconciliation um, and and he reaches out to us. And so we, I think we're called to, to reach out to each other. That can be hard. Um, that can mean, you know, not going with the great um, uh, snarky put down that would get a lot of clicks or likes. Um, it, it can mean extending a gracious hand when it would be so much easier to respond in kind. Um, but I, I think that's what the church has been called to do since since it was founded, which is to lay down even our um, you know our lives, but our our pride and our uh, our winning in order to to love and reach out to folks who disagree with us. Um, the, not, the other thing I would just add about that is, uh, it, for me, it's very reassuring to think that ultimately God is sovereign. He is you know we're in sales, He's in management. So our call is to do our best to equip ourselves to reason well to. To um, to again stand up for what we believe and and even at times uh, make arguments about that, but to do so in such a way that those we're 
interacting with, even if they're not persuaded, will say, oh, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, or I can I can respect you a little bit more after this conversation. At least we want to give them the opportunity to do that. If they don't take that opportunity, we can say, well, that's that part's not on us. So one of the things that uh, we often say around here, Micah, is we're trying to cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day in order that we can walk our faith out into the world that God so loves and do so in ways that honor Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, speak, speaking the truth, well, knowing the truth, right, and then speaking the truth, um, but doing so in a way that Jesus would recognize himself as you're representing him. It feels like that's some of what you're talking about here. I think that's that's absolutely right. If we if we trust in our own education or our own training or and all and education's good training's good reading's good but if we think we can do any of this without the example and the power of jesus uh then we're um you know we're, we're a noisy gong right without without the love of christ uh we we just simply don't have the resources to do this so as much as we we, sh- we do rightly talk about classes and curriculum and equipping and all those things which are good right we have this we have this resource we want people to look up um if our our minds and our hearts are not aligned with asking god for help um then then it will all come to naught so i think that's a great uh a great reminder okay so let's um let's tell people what they're going to find when they go to civichospitality.com what kinds of resources are there and who do you imagine is going to make use of this yeah so, so they're originally designed for high school uh teachers in Christian high schools in particular, uh, there's a set of different resources um, and, and curriculum, like lesson plans, right? So we have a number of different subjects. There is, uh, there's a case study. There's a subject of what does it mean to be human? There's, there's examples of, of from scripture where Jesus himself crosses boundaries. We think about the Jesus's encounter with the woman at the well. Um, you know, when we learn how to drive, we don't learn by just reading the manual. We actually have to get in the car and someone helps us drive. So our curriculum is designed to help students practice these things. And we we think they would apply to, to more than just students. So that while it's designed for high schools, uh, we think people of all ages uh, could, could look at the curricula and, and find some exercises that would be helpful. Um, lots of different examples, case studies. We, For example, you, um, when it comes to politics, we highlight the friendship between uh Justice Ginsburg and Justice Scalia, who really couldn't be more different on their judicial or political philosophies, but yet struck a, a friendship. Um, and we think that there's some things we can learn from that. So you visit the site and you'll find uh, all sorts of curricula, um, exercises, handouts, all for free. Uh, and we we think it's really going to be helpful for anyone who, who has the heart to want to do better on these things. So I um, I come out of a, uh, a family where my mom Um, was a home ec teacher and then went to work for first Purdue and then for the University of Florida um, in extension. And, you know, the extension program in the United States of America was designed to take all of this research that was done um, at these land grant universities and press it out into the public in ways that, you know, people on living in farms and in communities. um, And so then we have the advent of 4-H and other great programs through which all of that research is pressed out into real life. I feel like that's a little bit of what you're doing now, um, where Calvin and others are, you know, you guys are doing the hard work, but you are now offering it back to those of us 
um, who, you know, aren't on a university campus and never will be, but we're the ones who've got kids at our kitchen tables and, and maybe we could draw together some kids at our church or even in our neighborhood and have these kinds of conversations. Is this kind of like an extension program? Yeah, I had not, I had not thought about it that way, but I think that as you put it that way, that that seems to me, that seems to me right. Um, there are some great advantages that we have with, you know, just today with technology, um, with with taking ideas that have been worked on in universities and then uh, and then getting them out there. Um, so we really see ourselves, we are uh, part of the church, um, just broadly, the church universal, and we also are part of a particular church here at Calvin. And we see ourselves as wanting to to equip and to come alongside. We, we need it ourselves. It's not like we've got it all figured out. But uh, yeah, I think that is that is right. We we hope that people will be able to use this as a resource, um, give us feedback on things that work and things that could be better. Uh, and then moving forward, Lord willing, that the church in a modest way through you know, something we've contributed to will be a little bit better about being salt and light in a pretty divisive, polarized uh, society. That's so good. Um, thank you so much. What a delight to um, to make your acquaintance. I hope you'll come back. Um, We appreciate uh, the conversation today, and we love what you're doing. CivicHospitality.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Hey, are you... um, basically eating a diet of spiritual junk food like this might be a little little checkup here that we have with each other today i mean we're consuming we're filling up we're taking it in but at the end of the day is your soul still starving are you hungering for righteousness what um what does it look like to have a spiritual diet that moves us from tired and anxious and overwhelmed to actually fulfilled and whole and healthy and free? We're going to talk with Amy Seifert next. The book is Starved. Amy Seifert is joining us. Her book is Starved, Why We Need a Spiritual Diet Change to Move Us from Tired, Anxious, and Overwhelmed to Fulfilled, Whole, and Free. Amy, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. Excuse my scratchy voice. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I have a scratchy voice today, too. And um, I feel like we should um, we should say in advance that Amy has a four-legged furry friend where she is. And, yes. and so who, who is that? And um, when might we hear from him or her? <laughs> this is our puppy Winston, and we may hear him at any time. <laughs> I love that. Winston is a what? He is a cavachon. Don't know if you're familiar. I don't know. It sounds yeah, like he's fancy. The- he's fancy. I just have mutts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah dog, we're dog people here, so it's just welcome. Oh, yay. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so first of all, um, spiritual junk food. Let's talk about a spiritual diet, like in general. I'm not even sure that this is, uh, you know, a way I have thought about my um, my spiritual practices before. So kind of introduce us to the whole idea of a spiritual diet, and then let's talk about, you know, <clears throat> the junk food variety most of us are on. <laughs> absolutely. So um, this came under my own roof about four years ago. My son was 
eating, but he was losing weight. He was becoming lethargic, depressed. Um, there, there was just a lot going on. And he had actually lost about 15 pounds in six weeks. Weeks, And I know on an 11-year-old, that's a lot. And yeah. the hard thing was we were watching him eating, but he, he was starving. He was eventually diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And what we needed to do was to make a diet change. And so we're taking everything out of our pantry, out of our refrigerator, looking at every spice and seeing, you know, can he have this inflammation causing what's going on here? And I clearly remember God speaking to me, you know, like inside my heart saying, Amy, you need a spiritual diet change as well. You are feasting on anxiety and worry and you're running to Google to figure out how to put all of this in remission, which are, you know, good things. Research is good. But God said, I want to shepherd you through this, but we need to make some changes in what you're feasting on in your spiritual life right now. That's so good. So let's um, let's talk about, you know, like how we kind of analyze or review our, our spiritual diet and what we are feasting on in order that we can make, you know, positive changes um, in, in a much more healthy direction. Yes. Um, one of the things that I start off in the book is talking about our phones and what, mm-hmm. you know, how often we come to them. And again, we find great things. You find preachers, there's Bible apps, you know, I teach on the Bible app. There's all kinds of beautiful things with our phones. And yet our phones really fall short with connecting to God and connecting to people in real community. And so what does it look like for us to not add a bunch of things onto our plates? That's what I'm, I don't want to do, but to look at our plate in our life and say, okay, what, what am I consuming? That's actually not feeding me. And what can I replace it with? And so what does it look like to put my phone down for five minutes at a time and to pick up true connection with the king, with other people, with silence, and really give myself some space to hear from God in a way that isn't checking off spiritual boxes and now I'm doing and now I'm I'm running after all the things, but I'm just being and I'm listening. That has been really transformative in my life. We're talking with Amy Seifert. Her book is Starved. You can connect with Amy and find the book at amyseifert.com. Amy, let's talk about how I can know um, if I'm spiritually malnourished. Like, how is there is there a wasting away that's obvious? Um, is there a lack of the production of fruit? Do my leaves fall off? Like, <laughs> what are the signs of spiritual malnourishment? Yes, I love that. I have a little acronym that I think can help us. Um, It's OAT. Um, O-A-T. Am I overwhelmed? Am I anxious? Or am I tired? And if one of those... Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) Right? We all raise our hands. (laughs) And so I think that can be a bit of a litmus test, um, knowing, you know, okay, I think I'm malnourished. I'm not getting the nutrients I need to live a fulfilled, free, whole life. And what practice can I implement? Very simple, small, but what can help me? For instance, am I overwhelmed? That is often in my life. I have three kids, the dog, all the things. Um, But I can often feel overwhelmed, honestly, by the opinions of other people. Mm. And and people-pleasing, you know, rises up. So what does it look like for me to stop? Maybe even write down the opinions of others that are starting to starve my soul 
and replace them with God's opinions of me and take that time to replace what I'm meditating on for the day. That can really feed my soul, that God delights in me. He is for me. He is with me. He is not embarrassed of me. He is running toward me, those sorts of things. So the scripture that comes to mind as you're describing that, I'm I'm thinking of Jesus looking at, you know, the disciples or who are the people who know him best in the world at that point. And, you know, and he, he does this like, you know, man on the street survey. He's like, who do people say that I am? And that's that whole opinions of others thing. Like, who, what's the, you know, what are people out there saying? What's the out there? Let's turn the mirror toward the world and let's ask ourselves what the world is saying. And then Jesus is like, okay, now with all that, who do you say that I am? Yes. And there's a there's like this peace that comes when Peter says, "You're you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Like, I, like there's this. It's not just an aha moment. It's this just like overwhelming change of conversation and perspective and rootedness and hope. Maybe let's talk for a moment about hope. I mean, like, so <clears throat> how. How could I be an agent of hope in the life of a sister in Christ who is is overwhelmed and anxious and tired? Yes, um, I, I love that scripture you just brought up. I think being an agent of hope could, um, I think a lot of our um, Polaroid pictures of, of God mm-hmm. could be a little bit skewed and we might need a new picture. I think if we could share, hey, remember how the Father sees you sees us. And I'm thinking of Luke 15, 20, this, this very poignant picture that Jesus gives us a story of how the father sees the, the prodigal son who ran away and has, has come back and the five verbs that are ascribed to the father. And you know what? Actions speak louder than words. Mm. And you see the father, you know, the father sees him so, so we're seeing the father is filled with compassion for his son and the father then um, chases, embraces and kisses him. And that is the Polaroid picture we need in front of us to say, hey, this is how God sees you, feels about you and has an action oriented heart toward you. And to lead our friends to this picture together, I think, can bring a lot of hope. If you want to be feasting on the Word of God, if you are hungering and thirsting today, the book is Starved, Why We Need a Spiritual Diet Change to Move Us from Tired, Anxious, and Overwhelmed to Fulfilled, Whole, and Free. We're going to continue our conversation with Amy Seifert in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand no matter where you go. Download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today. Amy Seifert is an author. Um, She's a mom. She's got a puppy named Winston, we just learned today. She's the author of Grace Looks Amazing on You, um, and she teaches at her local uh, local church. Um, She's an affiliate of Crew, which we love, um, and a regular YouVersion Bible teacher on the YouVersion app. Uh, She's joining us today to talk about her new book, Starved, which also has a complimentary Bible study as well. Um, why we need a spiritual diet change to move us from tired, anxious, and overwhelmed to fulfilled, whole, and free. Amy, let's um, 
uh, well, let's reach back for just a moment. And for people who might have missed it, remind us um, about Grace Looks Amazing on You. Yes, it's a 100-day devotional that is designed for us to see what grace is with fresh eyes, what gifts God gives us all around us, and who we are in Christ because of His unending favor and grace upon us. So I'm wondering, is there is there a story in, um, in Starved that comes to mind when I say, um, the feedback that you've gotten is people have pointed to this and been like, wow, that is the thing I really needed to hear. Mm. Um, you know what I have shared about, um, there's a couple of things I shared about some sexual abuse in my past and shame and that narrative and um, seeing God give me a new nourishing narrative of mm. um, redemption and uh just hope and and joy. Um, and then also this one in particular about identity. I think so many people can struggle with um, who am I? What gifts do I have? What does it look like for me to contribute into the world or the church? Um, and so this, this story is um, I was in college and I was paired up to lead a co-ed Bible study in um, sorority and fraternity houses together because we noticed that the guys would come if the girls were also there. And um, we were paired up to, to, to lead together. And when I arrived to talk about the content for the semester, I sat down with my co-leader and he said, you know what I was thinking? And I had all these ideas. I felt like I had the gift to teach. I was ready with all these, you know, Bible passages. And he said, I was thinking, what if, what if you just bring the brownies to our Bible study mm-hmm. and, and I'll do all the teaching. And it was this moment where I had to think, oh my goodness, am I, who am I? What gifts do I, do I have? Do I think I have these gifts to teach? And, and I'm actually thankful it was 20 years ago. I had to decide, am I, am I called and commissioned by God or am I called and commissioned by man? And what does that mean as I move forward and step into this, this faith calling? And so learning how to know and identify what are lies and what is truth who we are in Christ and what gifts we have. And so that's a story that resonates with, with some, some women and figuring out how to contribute um, in different spaces and places and um, that we're called by God. Amy, when we, when we talk about this from a spiritual perspective and we talk about the things we fill ourselves with, like we can go all the way back to the garden and then we can go all the way forward to the wedding feast of the lamb. Um, people eat, like, right? But there are some things that we are supposed to resist eating talk with us a little bit about um forbidden fruit like i actually as i as i thought about this um it occurs to me that you know we have this saying in the culture an apple a day keeps the doctor away but you know the apple is this image for christians that um you know we don't we don't necessarily point to in the same way in terms of um the thing and what happened as a result of the thing even though you know likely it wasn't an apple so um talk with us about making those kinds of choices, like recognizing what is spiritual health, spiritually healthy, what is spiritually unhealthy in terms of what we consume, and then um, making that choice, because it is about choices. It is about choices. Um, I have a chapter on um, our own self-sufficiency and really feasting on my thinking that I, I need to be the all-sufficient one. It all rests on me. I need to be in control 
pride um, and and really what does it look like to put down, stop grabbing for, reaching for self-sufficiency that I'm in charge and open-handedly saying, I surrender to you, God, you are king. I humble myself before you and I come underneath your good umbrella that covers me and cares for me. And so even the practice of if you are able to, to kneel before God for a few minutes at the beginning of your day to say, you are king, I am not, and I serve you, and I forsake my own self-sufficiency. I think we see a ton of that through all the stories of the Bible where we continue to say, I need to make this happen. I need to make my own bread. That was even part of the temptation that the uh, that Satan put before Jesus to tell these stones to become bread. And he said, nope, I'm relying on God and his word to feed me. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, about wh- whether or not we're actually craving the the spiritual milk of the word of God, whether or not we're cultivating appetites for goodness and godliness, or whether or not we're, mm-hmm. you know, actually cultivating appetites for all the things um, of the world that we know are spiritually not healthy for us. Can you um, can you address the the issue of um, almost like feeling defeated before you start. Like if I, if I start moving in this direction, there's so many things that I need to address in terms of what I am am consuming now and what I um, ought to be consuming so that we can, you know, get people thinking about just making one change um, in, in the right, in the right direction. Absolutely. It can feel overwhelming. And I want to say to all the listeners here, wherever you are, start small and keep it simple. Um, Again, don't try to pile things onto your plate. What does it look like to replace some things? So today, could you replace scrolling on your phone where your agency is removed and every everybody's telling you what to think about? If you put your phone down and you instead picked up, say, five minutes of silence in your car, on your work break, in your backyard, just five minutes where you shut it all down And you say, God, I am listening. I am here. I am open. And it might feel so foreign because I think we're out of silence shape, if you will. Mm. But that's okay because that practice helps us breathe. It calms our nervous system. There's so many good things that happen to our actual bodies as well as letting us know God's got the world even if I sit here and do nothing. There's just a lot that can heal in just about five minutes of silence. But yes, my hope is that they're small, simple practices that are not overwhelming because, yes, it can feel overwhelming. There's some, you know, I think some basic counsel about water and rest and actually, you know, nutrient rich food and all of those things that all of us recognize contribute to um, feeling tired and anxious and overwhelmed. So there is um, there is an alignment here between sort of healthy living Mm -hmm. and a healthy spiritual diet. Yes, absolutely. You you see the correlation all the time. And again, if you think if you're, if you're going to change your, your physical diet, you would then have to make a list of what you're going to buy at the store. You go to the store, you purchase them, you come home, you put it away, and then you put the things on your plate you know, it's each step is an intentional way to say, I'm going to put carrots on my plate today. Um, and so even what does that look like? I'm going to 
open God's word and read it for five minutes and sit in it, or I'm, I'm going to plan to Sabbath this week because I am exhausted and I haven't rested in days or weeks. So the, the plan making in that same way when we want to change something. But again, it's the long haul. We're going for the long game here. Yeah, the, the, the really long game. Um, Amy, um, we've got like a minute for you to maybe give us the encouraging walk off. What's the one thing you want people most to know about this invitation to making a spiritual diet change? Yeah, I would say this comes from Isaiah 55 when God says, come to me and eat what is good and you will live. And it is an invitational call. It's a holy call, but it's also an affectionate call that our God longs for us to come and eat and live and and find nourishment for our souls. So don't hear it as um, a harsh call, but it is a beautiful wide open call to us. Mm. So good. Amy, um, thank you so much. Give Winston a little treat for being such a good dog. Um, and, I will. Uh, and allowing us to have this conversation. You guys can connect with Amy at her website and from there to all her socials. AmySeifert.com. The book we've been talking about today is Starved. But you'll also want to check out the, um, the Bible study that goes along with the book as well as um, her prior book, which is just wonderful. Grace looks amazing on you. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. few things to consider for your prayer list today. I encourage you to get into the Word of God as you get out there into the world that God so loves so that you can be equipped to speak and live in ways that honor Jesus. Um, Pope Francis is in the hospital with a respiratory infection. One of the things that um, <clears throat> you should know is that he was actually not wearing a stylish white puffy jacket, as indicated by some outlets. That image was actually generated by artificial intelligence, as were pictures of former President Donald Trump being arrested. That also has not happened. Um, Time has posted a uh, a helpful list of tips on spotting AI-generated images, and so it, it leads me to want to encourage us once again to not believe everything that we see. Um, seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. How does that go? Believing is seeing. Mm-hmm. Do you believe? I'm hoping today that you have eyes that see and ears that hear and a mind that understands. That you have a heart that is cultivating the things of the kingdom and that you allow God to use you today as an instrument of his peace in the world that he so loves. Can you do that? I know you can. And I'm counting on you. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Appreciate your prayers for me as I travel back home and for my sweet Jim as he's having oral surgery in mm, about five minutes. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, Click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.